Alrighty, everybody. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Couch Warrior Podcast. This is episode 15, and I am your host, Mike. And today we're going to be breaking down UFC 274, alright? Sick card for the most part. Um, a few stinkers in my opinion, but we'll try to find some good spots. So, we're going to do this the way we always do. We'll run through my recap of last week real quick. Tell you guys how we did. I don't know how many of you are tailing me, but we did okay last week. I think it was like a plus three unit profit. I'll tell you guys in a second, but it was a pretty good weekend. Did get the good side of the robbery. I'll talk about that in a second. I do apologize to anybody who bet Collier and who's watching. Um, I'm not a judge, so don't blame me. But all right, so re- quick recap of last week in terms of. Money line bets, we did not do well. We were down 3.09 units in money line bets. I went big on on Rob Font, 2.7 units. Got to give it to Vera. He managed to win that fight with tremendous damage. He's a violent guy. I, I've always said it. And, um, you know, fair game to him. Arlovsky, <laughs> I won the half unit money line in the half unit decision. I know I got the robbery, but again, I'm not a judge. So I, <laughs> sorry, but I don't know. Um, Grant Dawson, two units at minus 145 hit. My Tristan Connolly bet was way, way off. I bet two units on him. I thought I was very confident, and he, he got 30-27. Um, <clears throat> Daniel De Silva, that was terrible, too. Two point units on, 0.1 units on the drain. Gabe Green hit at for 1.15 units at minus 115. And Levy gave me probably one of my most re- greasy uh, recent wins. And, and let's see, point, 1.8 units at minus 188. If I'm a little slow tonight and I stumble a little bit, it's been a very long day. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad to be here. This is my favorite part of uh, Tuesdays. So cheers for anybody watching and drinking. And if you don't drink, cheers to you anyways. But And then we did much better in the props and parlays. I got to brag a little bit. I hit Shawna Young, decision, no no action. Um, it was one unit. No, it was a, let me see, hold on. It was a half unit at plus 200. And then I also hit her KO prop at plus 1,000, I want to say. Yes, for 0.1 unit to win one unit. I did share that prop pick on the other show I do with Lou Betya every Friday. If you haven't seen it yet, it's called The Bet Elevator. It's on the MMA Engine YouTube channel. We just compete in picking props and trying to one-up each other in terms of the odds, and it's a lot of fun, so you should check it out. I, I gave out the Shauna Young pick on that last week, and we hit it, so that was dope. And I I, I I like to think that I'm okay with props, so it's a dope show. Lou's great with props, too. He, he's just as crazy as I am, so definitely check us out on Fridays at 8.30 on the MMA Engine. But enough plugging. And then let me see what else I wanted to tell you guys about last week. Uh, you know, we hit our parlays, nothing really to note. Levy to win, parlayed with Romanov inside the distance. I did my money line round robin and everybody except for Font and Connolly hitting that. So we did end up profiting, but it was close. And then, <clears throat> oh, Brito, scorecards, no action, plus 200. I hit one, one unit on that. I was very, very proud of myself. But hindsight 2020, I was like kicking myself. I was like, I should have put more. I should have put more. But it's always like that. So that's the recap on last week. And now let's just hop right into this card. So 
quick pull everything up for you guys for myself too all right so this first fight was it was weird for me I, I went into it wanting to take Garcia and came out of it the other way but anyways we got journey Newson versus Fernie Garcia Newson is nine three and oh he's one he's five foot five uh, he's got a 67 and a half inch reach I don't think that's his actual camp let me pull it all up real quick I apologize yeah Newsom is back at ATT Portland now I know that he spent some time at um, at Syndicate but right now I believe he's back at Portland and then Garcia on the other side we've got 10-1-0 he's 30 years old 5 foot 7 68 inch reach and he's training at a Fortis MMA which you know it's a good camp with a good name but I feel like recently they haven't been doing too great so take take that as he may but this is an interesting one because we haven't really gotten to see Newsom, you know fight somebody his size he's been fighting these guys who are all way bigger than him ricardo ramos he did that by the way on i want to say it was 11 or six days i have it written down that was nuts in my opinion 11 day short notice he came in against Ramos and he didn't look bad he looked pretty good against a guy who was way longer than him you you see that he struggles closing the distance he throws these big hooks he's got to really like hop in there he's usually blitzing in but it makes sense he, he's a shorter guy here he's not that much smaller his reach is about the same he's two inches shorter but that's nothing compared to what he's de dealt with so far his two losses in the UFC both of them were four inches taller than him, at least, and had at least four inches of reach against him, all right? That's something to consider. And so did the one guy that he beat. Uh, blanking on his freaking name. He's unfortunately not that me memorable. Dem Domingo Pilarte. He he finished him quick, but he, he had a hard time closing that distance too, in my opinion. Uh, that did get overturned. I think he popped for something. I'm not sure what it was. Let me see if it says failed drug test i'm not sure what it was but we just i feel like we haven't gotten to see him yet at his fullest because he just he's been fighting these guys who are way bigger than him to me he's kind of like the love child of tony gravely and sean uh john dodson kind of looks like both of them and kind of fights like both of them in a little in a way not grab nah, he doesn't fight anything like gravely sorry he kind of fights like dodson he doesn't fight like gravely but He's not a wrestler, even though I constantly mix them up. But he, he he's a boxer. He's got decent combinations, decent striking. He can get a bit loopy for me. But like I said, he's got to close that distance somehow. And often, these guys are going to have to throw an overhand right. I thought he was going to be a lot less defensively sound than he ended up being. 65% striking defense was something to look at. I think it's the movement. It's because he's very good with the movement. He'll come in and then hop right out. He'll leave his head on the center line a bit, but he's still good at jumping in and out, which is good. And the main reason I'm on Newsom here is because of Garcia. Garcia, in my opinion, he's a, he's a bit green. He's a bit green. I love his striking. I think his combos are really good. When he when he sits down into his strikes, it's it's great. Like his combos are really really good. I think he's going to be a menace. It's just first of all, he looks so young, but he's 30 years old. Newsom is older, so it's not like you know one of them's way too old than the other, but. I just I thought he looked younger. But anyways, his striking is really good, but his striking defense sucks. He gets rocked by like every single... Not like rocked where he's 
falling over but like he's he's getting clipped and like hit a lot by guys who shouldn't be doing that um joshua weems in his last fight the fight before that rodriguez and whatnot uh, and whatnot what's his name again i told you guys i'm so done with today let me pull it up real quick gonzalez not rodriguez i'm a dick but gonzalez was clipping him too he was hitting him with one twos all day long he's just a bit too hittable is garcia my boy Kiarix is in the chat. What's up, man? I'm glad to see, glad you're here. Uh, let's go. I need to hear this Chiasone hot take. Man, I don't even think it's a hot take. I feel like that line's been moving down. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Anyways, for Garcia, he, he, he mixes in the wrestling, which is another thing I forgot about. But he does do that, and he's okay with it. I just feel like Newsom's going to be okay at keeping it up. And if not, he's going to pop back up. I think I really don't see Garcia racking up top control here. If Garcia was more defensively sound and the line was a little more reasonable for somebody coming off the contender series for their first UFC fight on a big pay-per-view, then maybe I'd probably be on him. I wanted to be on him when I came into this fight, but I'm going to lean with Journey Newsom here. I do have a unit on him. I think I got him at plus 132, which is a little lower than what I have on the screen there, but let's see what it's at right now. Plus 129, plus 130 you can get him for. I don't remember exactly what I got it for. I'm going to check real quick. But I did just one unit because, look, I do think that Newsom is still also a little bit defensively irresponsible, even though his numbers are pretty good. I do think he's still hittable. Uh, he does still struggle, struggle with the range. And I'm I, a big thing for me is the fact that Garcia isn't that much bigger than him. That's why I really think that's a difference maker here. We just haven't gotten to see Newsom fight somebody his own size. And finally, we're seeing it. Plus 132 is what I got for one unit. So... That's my pick on this fight. I'm not extremely confident, but I I do like to take Newsom here. I'm I'm one of those people who doesn't necessarily fade contender series guys. I love guys making their debut. I feel like especially recently in the last like year or two, we've been getting really good guys just coming in and making their debuts and they're doing a great job. They're doing well. So, I'm not on that on that fade train, but just here, I feel like he's a bit too green going against a guy who's already had three fights in the UFC. They were all very tough. He lost two of them. I think he's going to come in here and, and try to prove himself, and I think Newsom's going to get the W here. What I do think the KO's live for him, too, so I'm watching the props. I know it's plus 600 right now on Bet Online. I want to see what FanDuel and DraftKings put out, but I, I think I'm going to be on a sprinkle on the KO prop. I'm going to try to move quick today, guys. I know it's a 15-fight card, and I can talk a lot sometimes. We're already at 11 minutes, so I'll try to move, but I don't want to rush through everything either. So this next fight, we've got Lupita Godinez versus Ariane Carnelosi. Godinez is 7-2-0. She's 5'2", 61-inch reach, and she's training at a Titan MMA. That is correct on topology. And then Carnelosi on the other side, she is... 14 2 and 0 she's got she's 5 foot 2 61 and a half inch reach and she's training out of inside muay thai so this is another example of two women who haven't gotten to two fighters two women who haven't gotten to fight people their own size often and lupita did against uh, loma and you saw we all saw how that went and cardelosi really hasn't gotten to recently or at all angela hill is bigger than her um na liang or liang na i'm sorry if i'm messing that up she was bigger than her and so was uh estella nunez she was also bigger than her so neither of these women really have gotten too many opportunities to fight people their own size in the ufc and i think 
this is going to be very telling for both of them. Um, this is another fight where I came into it thinking one way and came out of it thinking a completely different way. I did really want to bet Carnelosi. To me, she's, you know, this Jessica Andrade type fighter. Huge, jacked muscles. Just big power. And I can't ever forget that UFC 261 fight. Her versus Naliang. They opened the card and it was so, just so much fun. Like, off the bat, they were just going after each other. And I thought that was very telling, too. For In, in two ways, right? So, first of all, it made me kind of want to lean towards Godinez because... She did get taken down fairly easy, right? We saw her take down Estella Nunes, but that didn't really mean much. Her takedown defense kind of sucks. But when she fought Na Liang, she was the one getting taken down fairly easy until Liang was tired. Godinez isn't going to tire like that. And I do think that Godinez is going to succeed with the wrestling here. Now, the other thing that 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 fight showed was Carnelosi's got crazy cardio. Because if you watch that fight, that first round was nuts. They went crazy on each other. And this woman held up. after she finished Na Liang in round two, Liang was on the floor, like, looking unwell. And Carnelosi was just walking okay. Like, she was barely even breathing heavy. Like, it was crazy. So that is very telling to me. But Gadinez also seems to hold up with the cardio. So it's not like a crazy, like, gap that's here. Gadinez has shown really good control numbers. 22%, uh, 4 5% against. Carnelosi, too, she, she's got the... 30, 13%, 4 5% against. So both of them are positive in, in in that in those numbers. But in terms of the striking, I think I think that's a big thing here, right? Because if both of them can grapple a little bit and we're going to end up on the feet, who can strike better? I think Adinez. Carnelosi, she kind of wings her punches way too much. She's very hittable. She kind of just runs right in. She takes it very well, obviously, and she, she gives it even better. She's got crazy power. She's huge in terms of her muscles, but I think that the, in terms of who's got the better technique, I think that goes to Godinez fairly easily. Uh, Lupi has got straight strikes. She puts together good combos. I like her body kicks. I like her combinations. I, I think I, I like that she keeps her strikes straight. I just feel like because Carnelosi loops so much, Lupita's going to have an easy time hitting that one-two, hitting those straight combos, and if she wants to wrestle, I think she'll be able to get her down. That said... I'm not positive because look, the only one to get her down, Na Liang, she was five foot five foot five, right? Lupita's not five foot five. She's the exact same size as Carnelosi, and Carnelosi's got the muscle mass, in my opinion, for sure. So what if she can't get her down, right? I think that Godinez is still gonna be out striking her, but my one concern is Carnelosi just coming forward and coming forward and coming forward like she does. Maybe she can break Lupi eventually. I haven't bet this yet. I don't know what angle I'm going to take. I kind of want, like, I, I do want to bet Loopy. I'm leaning towards a Loopy, um, Loopy, and uh, I guess I'll tell you guys later the second leg of the parlay I'm thinking about. But I am thinking about it. I'm just not sure yet. I know that I'm not betting Carnelosi as a dog. That was my original look. I'm not going to be doing that. I don't think that she's worth a shot. I'm either going to completely skip the fight um, or I'm going to parlay Loopy with... Uh, Fialo, oh, now I gave it away, motherfucker. <laughs> but um, I'm looking real quick. I want to see what Carnelosi round, th- round three looks like. Plus 2,000 on Carnelosi round three. All right, gang. Just going to write that down quietly. Nobody judge me. All right. 
so yeah, so the pick for me is Loopy. No super confidence, but I, I just think she's the better fighter here. I think it's going to be very close if Carnalosi can keep it up. I don't suggest betting this money line. I don't suggest throwing Loopy in all your parlays. I'm going to look at her as a parlay piece. But follow me on Twitter, Couch Warrior Pod, if you want all my latest bets. That's where I put them as soon as I make them. So if I do bet her, I will put that up there. Alrighty, this next one is an interesting one as well. We've got Cleason Rodriguez. We got Cleason Rodriguez versus CJ Vargara. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Kiarix, you got it right. But um, <laughs> we got Cleason Rodriguez versus CJ Vergara. Rodriguez is seven one and 26 years old, five foot six, with a sixty-seven inch reach, and he is training out of Team Nogueira still. Vergara on the other side, nine three and one. 30 years old, 5'6", 69.5 inch reach, and he is also still training at that camp that Tapology has, Pete Spratt, Muay Thai. So, I actually had to look up Pete Spratt, and I didn't, and he was a UFC fighter. So, back in the day, day. Like, I think it was like UFC 35 or something like that was his first one. But anyways, this one's super interesting. I got to see CJ fight live at UFC 2. 68 that was a banger um i did have the other side i had ode osborne but i I thought that vergara did a good job at making it a closer fight he's got very good pressure he's good at pushing guys back he won't stop even if he's getting beat up he's just putting it on these guys i would i bet against him both times he fought you know i bet on bruno korea to to beat him and vergara sparked him and then i bet on Ode Osborne to beat Vergara. I thought for sure Ode would finish him, and he didn't. And Vergara, I thought, put forward a good account of himself. He is a bit defensively irresponsible. He's getting hit a good amount of times. Sorry. But he's got a great output, good hooks. He's got a decent jab. He could improve a little bit, but I, I do like what he does with the jab. His hooks are are pretty good, but he can loop a bit too much. Good body kicks. I like the dirty boxing when he gets in close. That I really do like. I just, I'm worried about the striking defense. I'm I'm worried that he's going to get hit a bit too much against a guy like Rodriguez, right? So Rodriguez is a fascinating fighter to me. He's, he's like, he's trained so many different martial arts. You look at him fight and you can't just put him into one section. Like he's a striker. He's this, he's a kicker, kickboxer, wrestler, grappler. You, you can't do that because he, he can do a lot of things. We haven't seen him flex the grappling as much. He does have two sub wins and has never been submitted, but we haven't seen him do that too much. Vergara does have one submission loss, no sub wins. Maybe something to look at, but I, I'd be surprised. I think if Rodriguez finishes, it's going to be in, it's going to be by KO. But Rodriguez looked so good against Curatolo, but again, Curatolo was very small small compared to Rodriguez. He's what five foot three, I think, or. I think it's five foot three, and you can tell he had a really hard time closing the distance. The guy's a grappler, and he couldn't get in without getting rocked constantly by Rodriguez. Vergara is going to have the reach advantage here, and they're the same height. So, if anyone's going to land first at a distance, it's going to be Vergara, not Rodriguez. That said, Rodriguez does have really nice kicks. The, the shit he does with his kicks is so good. Like, if you've watched my show before, you know I hate fancy kickers. I'm not a fan of guys who kick more than they punch. But in my opinion, Rodriguez does it good. And I don't think he necessarily kicks more than he punches. He punches a good amount too. His jabs are good. He sits into them well. His one-two is great. He keeps his strikes straight. 
I really like the work from him. Unfortunately, I don't I, I don't know how to possibly bet this to make there any like to find any value on it at all, right? Like he's minus three hundred is Rodriguez. I don't want to bet for Gara. Um let's see, I'm looking at it right now. The over two and a half is minus one twenty five. That's not a terrible look. Rodriguez by decision plus one fifty five. You know, it's just it, it's rough. I don't know. I don't have a pick. I mean, I have a pick here. I think Rodriguez wins the fight. I don't have a bet here right now. I'm definitely not betting Rodriguez money line at minus 300. And I don't want to take the dog shot either. So right now I'm sitting it out. I'll probably end up throwing Rodriguez into some kind of funky parlay or something. I don't know. But right now I'm not touching it because even though I think he wins, and I think he wins fairly soundly, not easily. I think it's going to be a very difficult fight, but I think he does win clearly. But I, I'm not willing to bet on it at minus 300. So, alrighty. I feel like I've got a sh- fairly strong take for this one. Real quick, I do have to call a 30 second bathroom break. I chugged like four White Claws before this show, and it is catching up to me. So, I will be right back, guys. Sorry about that, guys. So, I do feel like I have a fairly strong take here. Went into this one way, thinking one way, came out of it the other. So we got Tracy Cortez versus Melissa Gatto. Cortez is nine one and oh, she's five foot five with a sixty seven and sixty seven inch reach, and she is training at a fight ready. <coughs> Excuse me. I know that she's also, I want to say, engaged to Ortega. I don't know how much that means, really. Like, you know it. Even if they do train together, like, is he really, like, having an effect on her? I don't know. Maybe he does, but we'll see. Gato on the other side is 8-0-2. It's been a while since I've seen a person with two draws, but 26 years old, five foot five, with a 69-inch reach, and she is still training out of MSP, I believe, but she did have... Uh, I saw a picture with Verna Jandaroba recently, so that's cool. Lou Betya is in the house. That's my boy. Showed up at the right time. I hope he has a dog here too. I I have a feeling that he does. Um, I came in here thinking Cortez would be my round robin pick. What does this fight have to do with Hannah Goldie? Lou says. I don't know. Did I say something about Goldie? 
I don't think I did. But um, Cortez was going to be one of my round robin picks, but I, I'm not going that way anyway anymore. I did end up going with the dog. I think that Gato has the better striking here by a margin. I, I think she's got really nice straight strikes. Her one two is great. Her her she mixes targets very well. Her kicks are fantastic. Lou saying dog in round three. I'm I'm with you by KO. <laughs> but um yeah, I think that the striking is significantly in favor of Gato. The grappling, that's 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 a big question here, right? Because we all know that Cortez is gonna come in here and she's gonna wanna grapple, she's gonna wanna wrestle, she's gonna go for takedowns. The question is can she keep Gato down, right? Eubanks did it for a full round. Is Eubanks stronger than Cortez? I think that's possible. I do. And even then, Gato was, she, she was active from bottom. She kept trying to get out. She kept trying to sweep. And then in round two, she did sweep. And then she did get on top. And in the fight before that, when she fought uh, Leonardo, she took her down. So even though I do think that Cortez definitely has a wrestling advantage here, I don't think that it's going to be to the point where she's going to be holding Gato down. And then you look at her Justine Quiche fight, right? I don't... I don't think Keisha's terrible, so I'm not like thinking like, oh, Cortez sucks because she had a hard fight with Keish. I think that Keish is good, but Keish was landing on her when they were standing, and in round three, she was really doing well, and that's because Cortez slowed down. Gato doesn't slow down. She hasn't shown that at all. Cortez has shown that she slows down in round three. That's why, like Lou said, I think that the round three prop is live, and I think that Gato to win by decision is live too. I do have her to win. I have one unit at like plus 153, I want to say, one plus 152. That's what I have right now. I'm going to look at the props later on, but I, I, I do like the round three look. I just think that Gato has more ways to win this fight. I think that I just don't want to bet, like, what is it on Cortez now? Minus 160, minus 170. Like, I don't want to bet on bet that on somebody who's only got one path of victory, and that's grapple fucking, right? Like, I, I don't want to bet that at it's like minus 150 now. I, I would still take Gato at plus 130, plus 135. If you're on um, Caesars, you can get plus 145 still. FanDuel, you can still get plus 144. I don't hate any of those. So my pick here is definitely Gato. <sighs> oh, this one. All right. We got Andre Fialo versus Cameron Van Camp. Fialo is 15-4-0, 28 years old, 6 feet tall with a 74-inch reach. And he trains out of my personal favorite camp, Sanford MMA. On the other side, you got Cameron Van Camp. He's 15-5-1, 29 years old. We do not have a reach on him. And I couldn't really figure out his camp, so I'm just going to go with what it says, the indie boxing and MMA. I'm going to pull up something real quick. <clears throat> Yeah, Van Camp had a few pictures at the UFC PI lately, but I don't know. Lou Betya saying 60-second finish in play here. I don't hate it. <laughs> don't hate it. I just... I'll say this. I think that a lot of people are coming out here and saying that Fiala is just way, way better than Van Camp. And while I do think that Fiala knocks Van Camp out, I think that there's a possibility of it being a more difficult fight, right? We've seen Fiala show up very well in his recent fights but we've also seen him not look so good the one thing that i always think about is the lfa fight against antonio dos santos jr and he just didn't look good at there at all i cashed the bet on jr like 
I just thought that Fiala wasn't looking great there. And and then he comes into the UFC and he looks fantastic. I thought he looked good against Pereira, even though he lost. I, th- I think fairly highly of Pereira now that he's slowing down with the dancing shit. And, you know, he looked great against Beza. I had Beza. But, you know, Fiala won that fair and square. Th- that knockout was nasty. Absolutely nasty. So... <clears throat> Van Camp's thing is grappling, right? He's got a wrestling base. He's got 13 submission wins. He's never been submitting submitted himself. He does have a two-inch height advantage here. And he was supposed to f- fight Nicholas Moda in his debut. I think it was going to be at 155, and I was going to take Van Camp. He was like plus 200-ish, maybe mid-200. But um, I was going to take him there because I thought he, he had a tremendous size advantage and the grappling. But here, you know... He is taller, but is he really going to be that much stronger than Fiala? I don't think so. I don't. He's a bit hittable. He does throw decent strikes. Keeps it straight. Decent combos. Decent one-two. His jab is meh. <clears throat> throws a good knee. But otherwise, he's a, he, he's a little basic. His grappling is good, but he also gets taken down himself. He got taken down on the regionals and held down for an entire round almost. Like... Yeah, he gets his own takedowns in too, but it's like nothing to write home about, especially for somebody whose base is supposed to be grappling. Fiala on the other side, he's looked really good lately. Beza didn't didn't shoot on him, but Pereira did four times, only got one of them. His striking is very crisp. He keeps it close. He keeps it tight. Keeps a good guard. He's a bit flat-footed, that Muay Thai style, but I really don't think that's going to cost him much here in this Van Camp fight. I don't think Van Camp's going to do the good work striking if he's going to get good work done it's going to be against the fence grappling making it dirty i don't know exactly how i'm going to attack this yet we don't have the props and i have a feeling that the ko prop isn't going to be bettable either for fialo so i'll be I'll, i'll be looking at other ways to bet it i'm not sure just yet if i can get van camp by sub for some stupid number i'll take my little shot that i always do but I do think Fiala smokes him. I think he smokes him fairly quickly in the first round by KO. And I'll, I'll be looking at that, the round one KO. That's probably what I'll be, be looking at. But I do think Fiala wins, and there's not much else to talk about. But I think people are running a bit too soon to count out Van Camp. I don't think he's as bad as you guys are making him out to be at all. I'll say that. <clears throat> this fight makes me upset. <laughs> I just don't want to watch it. Here we got Bloodgoy Ivanov versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Ivanov is 18, 4, and 0. He's 35 years old, 5'11, which I hate at heavyweight. And he's got a 73-inch reach. He does train out of AKA, but most recently he was at Extreme Couture. And then on the other side, you got De Lima. He's training out of ATT. He's 19, 7, and 1, 36 years old, 6'1 with a 75-inch reach. Let me pull these fellas up real quick. <clears throat> All right. So this this one's tough for me. I don't have a bet right now. I'm not sure how I'm going to approach it just yet. I think the more technically sound fighter here is e- easily even off. Anybody who watches other MMA podcasts has probably already heard this a million times. Evenov does have a win over Fe- uh, Fedor Emelianco in... Combat Sambo, uh, 
that was at Fader's peak too. So that's when he was being himself and even I've won that. So that's something to think about, I guess. But it's been a, it's been a long time. He's been out for a bit. His last fight was in 2020, I want to say, against uh, Augusto Sakai. I was just watching it. I remember watching it with my brother, too. We we bet Sakai. But he's got decent striking. He can get, he, he'll he start with good combinations, but then he'll start winging his punches a bit. Once he gets in close, you can see that his striking is good. He, he, he has pretty good dirty boxing. He does good work in close. But on the other side, you got Dilema. He's such a wild card, right? He's barely his output sucks but his strikes are extremely strong he weighed in at like 260 something his last fight he's coming in there heavy throwing bombs excuse me he can wrestle but i'm not i i'd be shocked if he can take even off down i think that blagoy wins this i think he wins it clearly probably by decision but i think i'm gonna sprinkle the sub but i'm like not running to bet it i'm not because I feel like it's such a dangerous fight to put money on. Like, Blagoy's been out for two years. Yeah, he's doing good work at good camps. He's always shown a good chin. But, like, just because a person has a good chin doesn't mean they're always going to take the best shots. And DeLima can bang. I'm not saying bet on him. I would never. He's a great hammer and the worst nail. He got subbed by Antti Gulov in a terrible guillotine. So... I think the sub is kind of live for Ivanov. It's like not his biggest thing, but he does have five submission wins. None in the UFC, worth noting. But <clears throat> I think more than likely Ivanov is able to slow it down and win a decision or snatch a sub. But I'm not sure if I'll be really betting it. I'm not sure how I'm going to approach it. I'll probably have some props, but no money line pick from me yet. Lean is Ivanov. I kind of want to bet him, but I also kind of don't. So... He's the pick, no bet yet. Here I'm on an island. <laughs> I'm on an island and I've definitely got a hot take here. All right, so we got Brandon Royval versus Matt Schnell. Royval is 13, 6, and 0. He's 29 years old, 5 foot 9, 70 and a half inch reach, and he's training at a Factory X. Schnell on the other side is 15, 6, and 0. 32 years old, 5 foot 8, 70 inch reach, and he is not at ATT right now. He's very interesting because he moves a lot he moves camps a lot he's constantly all over the place right now he's in texas i had a hard time figuring out exactly what camp he's training at but he's camp hopping over in texas so i'll give you that this one's so so fun honestly it's going to be violence i'm going to be shocked if we make it out of round one so i'm going to be looking at those kinds of props too i ha i haven't picked anything yet but that's what i'm going to be looking at violence for sure i i'm going to be betting snow <laughs> i'll say it right away i'm going to be betting snow and i'll tell you why i think that roy val has shown that he can fight a, a, a good decision fight he fought against uh roy val i mean i'm sorry he fought against bontorin for 15 minutes and while i thought that he lost that fight i thought that he still looked good and he showed that he can he can fight over 15 minutes he doesn't have to win in the first round or second round what i do like about him is he causes chaos he makes it extremely difficult for his opponent to really figure out what's going on there's a reason he he did so well against kaikar or france there's a reason why he's constantly making his opponents work and try to figure him out i just feel like he found a worthy dance partner here right in match no match no 
I'll admit, I think Roy Val is the better BJJ guy here for sure. But Schnell's no slouch. He's only been submitted once in his career. He's got eight submission wins himself. And when it comes to the striking, even though Roy Val has been showing good straight strikes, he's been putting together better combos, good jabs, good work on the feet in general, good kicks, good front kicks for sure for Roy Val. But Schnell, I think that he's got the faster hands. He's got a better output. He puts together combos with tons of strikes. I love that shit. I hate one strike. Two strikes is already good one, two. But like Schnell would be putting together like six, seven strikes at once. I love that. He's good at closing the distance. I don't love that he's backing up a lot. But I don't think that's going to be a huge issue here. He also has a two-inch reach advantage. Which I think is going to make a difference. And he did lose to Bontorin. But but Bontorin popped uh, after that fight. So I will bring that up. I don't have a strong conviction here that Schnell, you know, mops Roy Val. I'm not going to put more than one unit, but I do have one unit on Schnell at plus 210. And I just feel like it's it's too wide. This should be way closer. I would have lined this as close to a pick em. You know, I get that Schnell's been knocked out three times in the UFC. And Roy Val just doesn't stop moving and causes this chaos. So he could probably finish Schnell too. But I think a high, I think pretty highly of Schnell. I took him against... Um, What's that guy's name? The one who punches really hard, but otherwise isn't that good. I don't remember his name. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Tyson Nam. I bet him there. I bet him against Bontorin, too. I I just feel like Schnell has got the better striking here, and I think he's going to be able to handle the grappling of Roy Val. So for plus 210, I'm all over that. I, I like Matt Schnell to win it, and I do have a bet there for one unit. All right, <laughs> my supposed hot take, huh? I think the only reason people even think this is a hot take is because of the how the odds were lined, right? Let me make sure that it opened this way too, because I think it did. Right, it did. So I think one of the only reasons people are thinking this way is because of how the odds opened up, right? So we got Macy Chiasone versus Norma Dumont. Uh... Macy is 7-2-0, she's 5'11", 30 years old, 72-inch reach, and she does train out of Fortis MMA. And then on the other side, you've got Norma Dumont. Sorry, just pulling up their notes real quick. Yeah, you got Norma Dumont, 7-1-0, 31 years old, 5'7", with a 67-inch reach. And I do not have a camp for her. I wasn't able to figure it out. So we're going to go with Topology, Gordon, Fight Team. She's trained somewhere out of Brazil. So that's all I got. But this one's very interesting. I just feel like the odds are way off, right? So, excuse me. Dumont beat Aspen Lad, sure. But Aspen Lad looked terrible there. She she did not look good, right? Dumont did all the right things. She did a great job striking. I actually really, really, really like Dumont's jab. She sits into it great. She got good right hand. She's got nice one twos when she's using them. Her striking's overall kind of basic, but I think that she does very good work on the feet. She doesn't move her head off the center line much, but she's got a 67% takedown def- uh, striking defense. I think that's because she's moving very well after her strikes. She'll move out right out of the way. She's got a 100% takedown defense, which is very interesting, right? Because she's got a win over Ladd and a win over Spencer. Spencer didn't shoot a single takedown, and Ladd shot five and didn't get any. So take that as you might. I think that is pretty impressive on the Ladd side. 
She gives up a bit too much control on the fence. She gave up seven minutes to Ladd, so that could be something to consider with somebody like Chiasson who's big, right? And we also got to think about think about it this way, right? Macy is four inches taller, five inch reach advantage, and she's been fighting at bantamweight. She's only had one fight at featherweight, that was against Pennington recently, and we haven't gotten to see her build like fill her like build yet. She's very big. She's very like. She's got a big size advantage over a lot of these women, and she hasn't gotten to fill it out because she's been cutting down to 135, which I don't think she should have ever been doing. I get it. It's probably because 145 barely exists in the UFC, so you know I, I can't blame her even a little bit, but I think that she's going to look a lot better at 145. I just feel like that Dumont doesn't do anything special enough to, to make that minus 200, whatever it is, worth it. Like, yes, Macy maybe isn't using her length as good as she could but she's still she's got good variety in the striking i would say better than dumont in terms of variety and arsenal she's got solid combos too i like her jab i like her power i like her hooks her front kicks are good she should start using those more combine it with the jab and use your length it'll be great for her solid work in the clinch my issue is she's very hittable 45 percent striking defense absolute garbage she's probably going to get rocked quite a bit i don't mean rocked like I have, I have a weird vocabulary. When I say rocked, I don't mean like stumbling. I just mean like getting hit. So I, I got to fix that. But that's what I mean. I don't mean like I think she's going to be stumbling all over the place. If this was a pick em, sure, I'd probably lean Dumont. But I'm also a huge size person, even though that's not always, you know, a good thing to really hang your hat on. But like I always consider size. I think it is important in fighting. Excuse me. And... You know, I, I got Macy at, what, plus 190, something ridiculous like that. Like, I think that's ridiculous. I don't think it should be that wide. I got her at plus 198. I don't think it should be that wide. I think that Dumont is great, but she also hasn't fought, like... Yeah, she fought Felicia Spencer. She got knocked out by Megan Anderson, and she beat Aspen Ladd. That's a good win, but I also don't think Aspen Ladd came in there looking good. I don't think Aspen Ladd's been looking good in general lately. And I just feel like... She hasn't shown enough to be such a heavy favorite. I, I just really don't think so. I think that Macy can make it dirty. She won against... Uh, what was it? Oh, no. Actually, I totally just mixed that up. But anyways, I do think that at plus 190, plus 198, whatever it is, I think that Macy is a great bet. I think that she's got that size. I think that it should be way closer than the odds indicate. And it's going to be mostly on the feet. So I'm going to go with the bigger person who I think is just as good in the striking department as Norma Dumont is. This one, I did not want to break down. This one's kind of like uh, Dwight Grant and uh, Kondasko when they fought recently. That's what this one reminds me of. So... We've got Francisco Trinaldo versus Danny Roberts. Trinaldo's 27, 8, and 0. He's 43 years old, 5'9", with a 70-inch reach. And I don't have a confirmation off his Instagram for a camp, so we're going to go with Constrictor Team from Tapology. And on the other side, you got Danny Roberts, 18, 5, and 0. He's 34 years old, so he's 9 years younger than Trinaldo. 6'1", so what is that? That's like a 4-inch height advantage. Bad at math. And he's 74-inch reach, so 4 inches in reach advantage as well. And he is training out of Sanford, my favorite camp, as I mentioned earlier. And look, 
if this if if this was ten years ago, at one fifty five, maybe I'd be going with Trinaldo. But first of all, he's a one fifty five or by trade. He does have a tremendous uh, experience advantage. Four hours and twenty six minutes in the UFC cage for Trinaldo, and only one hour and thirty eight for Roberts. Twenty one fights in the UFC for Trinaldo, eleven for Roberts. But I just feel like look. Trinaldo had a hard time beating Dwight Grant, and I think that Danny Roberts is an extremely similar fighter, but who's slightly better than Dwight Grant. I think that Danny Roberts can put together good combinations. He can keep his strikes straight, which I like, but he'll swing that overhand left, which I do not like. They're both southpaws, so that's going to be very interesting. Roberts has good knees, good jab, puts together nice combos. Like I said, his hooks are all right. His striking defense could be better. He's a bit hittable, and he can lower... he, he Lowers his hands a bit too low sometimes. And against someone who hits as hard as Trinaldo does, that's not a good thing. So, I don't love that. I just feel like lately, Trinaldo is too low output. He's a bit too slow. His punches are good. He has good straight strikes. He, but he's overreaching a lot, leaving himself open. And I, I just think we're slowly seeing that age catch up to him. And Roberts is 9 years younger. 4-inch height advantage. 4-inch reach advantage. I just feel like you got to go with the younger guy who's got the size who's I don't think he's got a huge like technique deficiency against Trinaldo. I don't think he has any to be honest. So, I do like Danny Roberts. I did bet him. They're a straight pick him right now. They're both minus 110, I believe. Let me double check. <laughs> yeah, minus 110 each way on bet online. I do have Danny Roberts. I bet him at Minus 104 for 1.04 units. And that's who I'm going with. I'm going to side with Danny Roberts. <laughs> Kiara saying that if Danny Roberts is at Sanford, he's getting some work with the best welterweights in the world, like Ian Gary. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Good one. Ian Gary is a fascinating person. He's fascinating. Like, the delusion is... it. it it's like... Who else? Who else in the UFC is like that right now? Like the stories he tells about him and Connor. <laughs> it's like, bro, do you really think this? Do you really think this? He's something, man. Ian Gary is fascinating. And not because of his fighting. Alright. <clears throat> Here we got Randy Brown versus Chaos Williams. Randy Brown is 14, 4 and 0, 31 years old, 6 foot 3 with a 78 inch reach. And then in regards to his camp, let me pull it up real quick. I think it's the same as it says on Tapology because I couldn't confirm anything else. Yeah, so I, I saw something about Belmore kickboxing and MMA, but other than that, I don't really have an answer for his camp. And then Chaos Williams on the other side, he's 13, 2 and 0. 28 years old, 6 feet tall with a 77-inch reach. And he's training out of elevation right now, which is very interesting. That's Trevor Whitman's camp. That's where Justin Gaethje's at. That's where all those people are at. And that's interesting, man. Kamara's over there. He might come out here looking like a completely different fighter. But I'm on the same page as a lot of people I've seen. I'm with Randy Brown here. At Dog Money, which is what I got him at, I think it's like... Too, it was too good to pass up. I think now it's also a pick em. It is. Minus 110 each way. But I really like Randy Brown, right? First of all, he's gigantic. 
He's way too big for this weight class. He is so big. 78-inch reach, only one inch over Chaos, but he does have a three-inch height advantage. And every time, it shows. That height advantage shows. He's out of Queens, so Queens repping. I'm not from there, but I live there. <laughs> um, I think that Randy Brown is just better everywhere. I think that he's got the be more technical striking, better combinations, straighter punches. I love his jab. I love the work he does with his kicks. I love his knees. I love the way he uses his length. He's just really been getting better and better and better every single fight. Uh, his front kick, like I said, his output has been really good. And I think very highly of Jared Gooden. I know I'm like alone there for some reason. But I think very highly of Gooden. I'm, I'm positive he's going to come back to the UFC. And I'm positive he's going to put together a better showing. And it's I don't even think he put put together a bad showing it's just his opponents were all fucking tough man like props on him he kept taking the fight but randy brown made him look like he should shouldn't be there which is impressive in my opinion randy brown's been looking really good i just really like the striking and he can grapple too man he's got eight submission wins one sub loss wrestling isn't exactly it's his thing but if you bring it there you got to watch out for that sub that said chaos williams he he's got He's got that equalizer. He's got that power. One wrong move, and you wake up and you lost the fight. Beza, perfect example. That said, he's not knocking everybody out, right? He didn't knock out Matt Semmelsberger, and he didn't knock out Michel Pereira, but Michel Pereira is also a special creature. <laughs> but he didn't knock out Matt Semmelsberger, and I don't think Matt Semmelsberger is a special creature. He's just a good fighter. I think that Randy Brown is going to be able to bring it to Williams. I think he's going to be able to show him a lot of things that Williams hasn't seen just yet. And I think he's just going to win by being a pure vet with a size advantage. And I think he's got the experience here too. One thing I want to point out. Williams, even though he's fairly green in terms of professional experience, this guy's got 15 amateur fights. 12-3-0 as an amateur. And... I love that. I think that it's super important for fighters to recognize that as an amateur is your best chance to just get those fights in, get that experience in, get that work in. And people who are doing that, they show good fight IQ in my opinion. I think Williams has a ton of uh, potential. He's only 28. I think he's going to be up there in the rankings at one point. I think both of these guys should be. So I think it'll be you know close in terms of Brown's got to be careful. But I think that if he's not getting hurt constantly, I think he's going to run away with this. So I'm taking Randy Brown. I did already bet him as a dog. At minus 110, I would still lean him, yes. But anything further than this, I don't know how I feel about it. I got him at... Let me check. Got him a little early. I got him at plus 113 for 1.5 units. And I, I do like that play for myself. We're moving right along, huh? We don't have that many fights left. We got... One, two, three, four, five fights left. That's it. I'm going to pull up all our notes real quick. I think I've got some interesting takes to show you guys as we go through these last few. Hopefully, you guys will appreciate it. And then anything I don't throw at you now, I'll probably throw at you when we get to the bet elevator on Friday with uh, my boy, Lou Betya. But all right, before we do this, I'm like five white claws in, so I got to go use the restroom again. 20 seconds, and we're back. Let's go.
Alrighty, we're back, baby. Let's do this thing. This one, man. <coughs> so here we got Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lozon. Donald Cerrone is 36, 16, and oh, he's 39 years old. Six foot one with a 73 inch reach, and he's actually training out of syndicate for this camp. So he is not at his own. And I say that because Joe is. So Joe Lozon, he's 28, 15, and 0, 37 years old, 5 foot 10, 71 inch reach. And he's training out of his own camp, Lozon Mixed Martial Arts. And this one's very interesting. I went into this convinced, convinced that I was going to take Donald Cerrone, maybe round robin him, maybe by decision. <clears throat> but I don't know anymore. He, he's interesting, right? He's one of these guys who... It really depends how he shows up. I know we're kind of saying he's like Dunzo. He's been looking bad, blah, blah, blah. And yes, he has been looking bad, right? But that said, the Nico Price fight, he was never fully out of that fight, all right? He did lose. <clears throat> but I thought he never looked out of that fight. I thought he looked pretty good. He was getting beat up decent. Kiarik saying big fight doesn't go the distance here agreed it's minus 210 which i don't love um i was looking at the under 2.5 kiara saying Cerrone opened at a crazy price he did he did um it has come down but not that much i see it pushing back towards him now he's minus 165 but the under two and a half is minus 160 and i'm eyeing that i usually hate unders or overs i don't play i don't play that normally if i do something in terms of rounds, I'll do fight doesn't go or fight goes. But at minus 210, like I'll, I would only parlay that. I might do a fight doesn't go parlay, violence parlay, be, or maybe a round robin because there's a lot of those here. But that's something I'm going to have to come up with over the week. I don't have that picked out just yet. That said, I was convinced Cerrone would be, should be a, a favorite, like a heavy favorite over Lozon until I watched the tape. And now I don't think so anymore. Lozon in round one looks so good, right? You look, you look him versus Jonathan Pierce, right? JSP's very good. Yes, it was JSP's debut, sure. But it's not like Joe just knocked him out on his feet. What he did to him on the ground, the way he put his like shoulder behind his arm with that half Nelson, that was so nice. That was so clean. I don't think that he does that to Donald Cerrone. I, I like it, Kiarix. Kiarix saying violence parlay with the main event. I don't hate it at all. I think I don't remember what the fight doesn't go for the main event. We'll talk about it when we get there more, but I'll pull it up real quick, real quick, real quick. Fight doesn't go for the main event is minus <laughs> minus four fifty on Bet Online. Jeez Louise! But it makes sense because. How do those two make it there? But we'll, we'll talk about it. Anyways, so for this one, <clears throat> I think that the striking advantage probably goes to Cerrone. I think that the cardio goes to Cerrone. I think that if we get out of round one, Cerrone's going to win this fight. How? I don't know. I'm not very interested in betting that. But look, they're giving us Joe Lozon by KO in round one at plus four, 1,400. And by round two plus 1900 that's how he wins this and should it be at those odds i don't think so i think it's way more it's a very likely outcome it shouldn't be plus 1400 it shouldn't be plus 19 for round two so 
excuse me, but that's the that's the way I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna be going Joe Lozon round one KO and maybe add round two as well. I think Cerrone probably wins this, but I sprinkle those props for a reason because I don't lose much if the favorite wins, but I don't trust Cerrone enough to put my money there. I I wouldn't call myself a value guy. I do look for value, of course. I think everybody should. But like, if I like a favorite, I'm gonna bet the favorite, even money line sometimes. But not if I don't trust them. Not if I think they can lose in round one by finish. Like, just how how can you bet Cerrone like money line or anything? How can you like confidently bet him against Morono? Like, look, I think if Morono fought Lozon, he'd finish him too. I think that Morono's got really good pressure and like he was a tough challenge for Cerrone. But I don't know. I just feel like. Oh, this is another thing I wanted to bring up. Cerrone's cutting down to 155 again, and he's a big man. I was looking at him at welterweight fighting Morono, and I was just thinking to myself, like, how is he going to go to 155 with a bad chin and not get finished? So I went into this wanting to find a way to bet Cerrone, and I'm coming out of it sprinkling Lozon in round one by KO. So that's the look I have there. I just, you know... I'm not going to trust Cerrone with money line or a big bet. So I'm going to go with that sprinkle on Lozon. He's super dangerous in round one. I like what he does. I like his work. So that's the, that's the side I'm on. Oh, man. All right. This is another, this is another violent spot, in my opinion. This is another one of them that was... Uh, I think the fight doesn't go is in that minus 200 range. Yeah, minus 230, but under 2.5 is also around minus 160. Just not available on any books I can hit just yet. But anyways, here we got Ovin St. Prue versus Mauricio Rua. This is their second fight, but you really can't take much out of the first one. It was a quick one. OSP is 25-16-0. He's 39 years old, 6'3", with an 80-inch reach. And I do have him still training out of Knoxville if I'm not mistaken i couldn't really confirm much out of the instagram and shogun rua he's 27 12 and 1 40 years old six foot one with a 76 inch reach and he's training out of his own camp mixed in with wand fight team is what i got out of uh instagram and this one's interesting but not really <laughs> you know Rua's kind of shot like he got he, he got clipped by uh by uh paul craig on the feet kiarik saying battle of john's jones children yep how crazy yo i'm I'm gonna stop real quick i'm sure everybody who's on twitter has seen the leaks how fucking crazy are those leaks (laughs) i was shocked by some of them i know we knew john jones steve a was gonna happen already but hamza diaz patty pimblay uh azaitar that's ridiculous Patty's going to sleep, man. Some crazy fights. That was nuts. But anyways, back to this. Look, I'm not betting this. I'm going to start there. But I do think that OSP probably just knocks Rua out. I think that OSP's still got the striking. He's got that length. 80-inch reach is ridiculous. 4-inch four four inch reach advantage is going to do a lot. Especially against Rua, who doesn't move his head off the center line anymore. He's extremely hittable. His striking is just basic. Uh He's just not who he once was. Look, like, I mean, can you blame him? He's 40 years old and he's been in the UFC for how many fights? 12. That's another thing. I thought that Rua 
like just off the top of my head, like I thought Rua was like, I thought he had more fights than that. He's only had twelve fights in the UFC. OSP's had twenty four, so that was just interesting. But yeah, I think that OSP wins this. I think he probably wins inside the distance. I think it's not a hard fight for him. But do I want to bet him? Or what is it? Minus two fifty? Hell no! Hell no! Hell no! Hell no! Hell no! Let me see what him by KO looks like. Prove by KO plus two hundred. Nah, nah. There's no way. If I bet this, it's gonna be the under two and a half, where I'm gonna parlay. The fight doesn't go the distance. That's what I'm gonna do. I, I'm gonna have to flex here, but we got Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Chandler is twenty-two seven and zero. 36 years old, five foot eight with a 71 and a half inch reach, training out of my favorite camp, um, <clears throat> Sanford MMA, and then Ferguson on the other side, absolute legend, 25 six and 0, 38 years old, five foot 11 with a 76 inch reach, and man, I have no idea where he trains out of. He, I know he does his own thing, so I'm pretty sure that's the case there. <clears throat> Last I can get from his Instagram was Freddie Roach's Wild Card Boxing Gym. And I'm going to start with this. I got Chandler at minus 200 and minus 220. So I couldn't pass that up. I got four units there between the two of them. And I, I fucking love that pick. At minus 400, though, don't uh, I would not bet Chandler. At this point, I would not bet Chandler. I think that Chandler wins this. I think he wins it by decision, not by KO. Look, look at the reach. Tony's got almost a five-inch reach advantage. He's got <clears throat> a three-inch height advantage. My issue with Tony is he's just so hittable. I don't think he goes down. I think he makes it all the way. Uh, I see Kiarik saying over under 1.5 souls rolls. Um, I'd give it the over. I think we see two rolls. <laughs> I hope he does some funky shit against Chandler. That'll be fun. This is going to be such a dope fight, man. At this point, at these odds, like, either take the shot on Ferguson or just watch the fight, in my opinion. Because you can't fight the violent. I mean, you can't bet the violence. Actually, no. What am I talking about? I'm mixing up fights. That's all I'll verify. I'm thinking about it. Here, you could bet the violence if you really want. Fight doesn't go as minus 180. I just, I think the fight does go to the decision. I'm betting that over. I'm betting the over one and a half. I've already taken it. For I took it at minus 155 for 1.55 units. Look, <clears throat> both these guys are extremely durable. Ferguson, sure, he's been getting beat up, but he's still taking it. He's still Tony Ferguson. And the guys who he's lost to, Alvera, Champ, Benil Darius, ranked what, three? And Gaethje, fighting for the title the same night. Like, can you really blame him? I was there for Chandler Gaethje live fucking epic i just rewatched it a few times recently and <clears throat> in round one chandler looked fantastic in round three chandler was leaving his hands down and just getting beat up and if he does that against ferguson things can get interesting i think that chandler has the cleaner striking now i think that chandler's less hittable than ferguson is now i think that chandler has the wrestling to lay into if he needs to for ferguson He's got an all-American wrestling background, but it's not something he uses ever, like ever. He just doesn't really use it. He hasn't gotten a takedown in, in quite a few fights. His movement's extremely funky. He's going to mix it up on Chandler. He's going to make it tough. 
But Chandler knows this. You watch his interviews lately. He's nonstop talking about that pressure of Ferguson, that it's going to be crazy, that he's going to be able to like deal with all this shit. He knows it, and I think he's going to be ready. I think Chandler wins a fairly straightforward decision, but I think there's going to be a ton of violence here. And I don't think it's going to be as clean as Darius or Alvarez wins over Ferguson. I think it's going to be much, much more of a war. So give me Chandler. At these odds, I'm not condoning anybody bet him. Like, what is it now? Minus 400 Chandler. Like, you just can't do that. Chandler by decision at plus 250. I don't hate that one bit. I might sprinkle that myself. Maybe for, like, a half unit or a quarter unit. I don't hate that at all. But I'm definitely on the Chandler side here. (sighs) All right, I'm semi-biased here, but I also came into it looking to bet against my bias, so. Quick, quick break. All right, we got Rose Nama Nunez versus Carla Esparza, too. Rose is 11, 4, and oh, she's 29 years old, 5 foot 5, 65 inch reach. And she's training out of team elevation. On the other side, you got Esparza. She's 18, 6, and 0, 34 years old, 5 foot 1 with a 63 inch reach. And she is out of team Oyama. And this one, you know, <clears throat> we say like, I mean, I say every single week, like, no fight is the same. Rematches are never the same. But I think that the dynamic here is the exact same that it was back then when they first fought. I think that Rose on the feet is still leagues better than Esparza. Esparza has not caught up on the feet, in my opinion. Her striking is still fairly basic. Classic wrestle boxer. Um, <clears throat> a bit loopy in her strikes. And you can tell she needs it on the ground to be able to win the fight. That's her thing. Rose, on the other hand, her striking back then was good. Now, it's even better. Rose is so good on the feet. She got very straight strikes, great output, really good combinations, good one-twos, good jab, just really good work on the feet. I'm Rose is my favorite female fighter. I went into this thinking I'm going to bet Esparza because, like I said, I don't think the dynamic has really changed here. But after doing a bunch of tape, I think that, look, I acknowledge Rose is 100% going to get taken down. It's not a question of if. It's when and how many times. She will get taken down. I just don't think that she's going to get held down. I think she's going to pop right up. I think she's going to be able to get up. She's improved there. You saw against Wei Li. She did get held, but she also got up. She didn't give up too much control time. I know some people think Wei Li won. <clears throat> I know I'm biased, but I really don't think so. I was there live, so I got a bad view. But I did rewatch several times. So, Look, this is a striker versus grappler as it can get, right? <clears throat> If Rose can keep this on the feet, she's either going to KO Esparza or or win a decision. If Esparza gets her way, it's either going to be a a decision her way or a submission. I bet Rose. I took two units at minus 180. I hate the minus 200, minus 210 price tag. I hate that absolutely. Minus 198 now on bet online. But I do think Rose wins. That said, you guys will see it more on the bet elevator on Friday, but... My hedge on Esparza here is the sub. Plus 1,500 for a submission for Esparza. That's ridiculous, man. Uh, 
That's how she beat Rose the first time. You're going to give me plus 1,500. And then, get this. On FanDuel, you can get, you can bet that sub in round four, uh, three, four, or five for plus 2,900. That's sick. Those are sick odds. If you think Esparza wins by sub, I don't think she wins it in round one or two. It's going to be once Rose gets a little more tired. At the end of the day, one thing that Rose still kind of has a hole in, in my opinion, is the cardio gotten better of course she's held up over five rounds more than once now but i think that's one gap and if Esparza is going to win this i think it's going to be by sub and it's i think it's going to be late so my pick is rose <clears throat> but not with the utmost confidence this is going to be a tough one man it's going to be a tough one and then we got the banger this fight is so good So here we got Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Oliveira is 32, 8, and 0. 32 years old, 5'10 with a 74-inch reach. On the other side, you got Justin Gaethje, 23, 3, and 0. 33 years old, 5'11 with a 70-inch reach. Gaethje's training out of Elevation Fight Team, and Oliveira is doing his own thing. He has his own gym now in Brazil, and that's where he's been training. So let's see how that's going to be working out for him. And look, this is also, in my opinion, a fairly straightforward fight to break down. On the feet, Gaethje all day. Leg kicks, absurd. Striking output, fantastic. Combination, so good. Hooks, very good. Nice uppercuts. Really good accuracy on his strikes. Very good hand speed. Mixes the targets up, fantastic. And nobody can ignore the fact that Oliveira's chin. Look, it's held up. <clears throat> He's still champ. But we see him hurt like constantly, constantly. Poirier knocked him down once and wobbled him like three times. Chandler almost finished him in round one. And Gaethje is harder than both of them possibly. Like it's going to be scary in round one for sure. <coughs> I think that in round one, Gaethje's live. I think Gaethje's always live. I think that it's possible that he beats up on Oliveira. It's possible that he clips up his legs and makes it hard, hard for Oliveira to get his work in. I just feel like at this point, with the product, the finished product we have with Oliveira, I feel like he's probably going to win this fight, and he's got more ways to do it. I think that his striking is finally coming together. He's putting together good straight combinations, good jab, good one-two, good combos, good work with the knees, very good work with the knees. And he's just slowly putting it together. Kiarix asking, can Alvarez survive the round 1-10-8? That's the question, man. I think, it's, I think it's very possible that's exactly what happens. Can he survive? I think he probably does. And after that, I think he's going to start imposing his grappling will. Even if he's not getting the takedowns against the fence, he's just doing his thing. He'll pull you down. He'll get your back. His sub game is just so dirty. It's what? He's got like, I think, 11 or 12 subs in the UFC. 11. 17 subs out of all his fights that are have a result on topology we're missing a bunch so it's probably well over that i just feel like alvera probably submits gaichi realistically i think he submits gaichi i think it'll be close i think gaichi will always be live for a finish but i am on alvera i have three units on him at minus 165 i have him for one unit by sub i like plus let me check <laughs> 
plus 140. I got one unit on Oliveira by sub. And then I also have Oliveira in round, by sub in round three, four, or five. It's on my phone. It's like plus one something. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's great odds. And I did take that. I'll post that. But yeah, that's it, man. That's that card. 15 fights. I broke it down in one hour and 13 minutes. I'm very proud of myself. That was quick compared to usual. We've gone almost three hours on some cards before, so slow steps, slow steps. But let me go over our my final picks for the card as of now. Like I said, I post everything on my Twitter, at CouchWarriorPod. So if you ever want to see it, just go there. I post there, my picks as soon as I make them on there. So money line, we've got Charles Oliveira, three units at minus 165. Rose Namahunas, two units at minus 180. Michael Chandler, 2.23 units at minus 200, 1.9 units at minus 210, I mean 220. Randy Brown, plus 113, 1.5 units. Macy Chasson, plus 198, one unit. Matt Snell, plus 210, one unit. Danny Roberts, minus 104, 1.04 units. Gato, plus 152, one unit. Journey Newsom, plus 132, one unit. And then for props, I've got quite a bit of violence. Chandler Ferguson over one and a half minus 155 1.55 units Oliveira by sub one unit at plus 140 Nami Yunus KO plus 440 0.25 units Esparza sub plus 1500.2 units Garcia Newsom fight doesn't go plus 115 half a unit Cerrone versus Lozon uh, the under minus under two and a half minus 165 one unit and then Randy Brown versus Kalen Williams. Fight doesn't go. Minus 161 unit. Those are my picks. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you guys tomorrow for the fantasy 